poets, pickers, writers, ringers, acrobats and opera singers, Macca's Magic Mix on Sunday morning. Good morning, Macca. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. And welcome back. Thank you. Look, it's Neil Campbell and I'm talking to you from Broadbeach um, Art and Craft Markets on the, the Gold Coast. I was listening to you earlier talking about the USS Indianapolis and I've been trying to call you ever since. I, I had a run-in of my own with a bull shark off Long Reef about four years ago and that propelled me to make an organic surf wax that uh, has just been tested for its ability to deter sharks. So I made one that people can understand with a bunch of essential oils and spices. And, you know, if you want to keep a bear away from it, you use citronella and capsicum. If you want to keep a brown snake away from any house in this country, you can use a combination of clove oil and cinnamon oil and spray that around. And I just extended that to the shark. A sense of smell that we can hardly understand. Like 10, Shark Foundation reckon that they have 10,000 times our sensitivity. What's it called, Neil? Chillax. Turns my week around. He picks me up when I feel down. Wait all week for Macca on a Sunday morning. They've been carting water, feeding sheep, and chopper pilots don't get much sleep. We won't forget this smoky, long, hot summer. The family's scattered all around Oz, but that don't matter on Sunday, cos we're all together, Australians, on Sunday don't morning. Matter. Don't matter. I start my week with... Don't matter. ...on Sunday morning. Here we are. Good morning. Oh, you... Well... Don't clap till we're finished. Then give us a clap. Then. Good morning and welcome. That was last week, uh, the bloke um, talking about sharks. And we're in Bicentennial Park, by the way. If you're around the place, you might be in Werris Creek. You might be at Currabubula. It's not far. Get get down here. Yeah, Currabubula. There's a song in that, Pete. Tim Bumbura. Tim Keep it, keep it. Um, we're in Bicentennial Park in, in Tamworth, having a lovely time. It's a lovely, lovely spot. Beautiful morning. It's going to be hot, but it's hot where you are. Oh, it's been hot. It's been a smoky, long, hot summer. Um, but the bloke rang last week about sharks and, and deterrents, and he's made this this shark deterrent. But I think it was for your board, but I don't know if you can rub the wax on you. But anyway, and at about the same time I got this about sharks, because here's my deal with sharks. I love all animals and birds and stuff like that and I've got my own frogs and tadpoles and blue tongue lizards and I look after them I'm in the city I look after them and I wonder what's going to happen to them in you know 500 years when everything's tarred and concreted do you remember a song called tar and cement by um Gail Garnett and it was 50 years ago it's like Henry Lawson's song um there is no up the country for us now and he was talking about when the trains came out into the bush and there is no up the country for us now and I thought god if Henry could see us now, and who knows what's going to happen in the future. Anyway, this came, this email came in. It's about sharks, and it's sort of, and it's titled "Summer Shark Safety" with Tom Carroll, Tom Carroll's surfer. And I just, <laughs> this is what you do, apart from downloading the app. One, wear a scientifically proven shark deterrent. Stay out of the water at night, dawn, or dusk. You know, like the lady said to me, she said, the only shark that'll get me will have gravel rash. Um, <laughs> refrain. <laughs> this is when you're in the water, right? Firstly, don't go in the water at night, dawn or dusk. Second, ref this is when you're going swimming. Refrain from excessive splashing. Don't wear high contrast or light reflecting jewellery. Who wears jewellery in the water? But I don't know. Anyway, um, swim, surf or dive with a buddy. So maybe the shark can get your buddy and not you. Avoid, mur <laughs> avoid murky waters, harbour entrances, channels and steep drop-offs. Swim in patrol beaches. 
That's sensible. Don't enter the water if bleeding. Huh? <laughs> Avoid areas where animal, human or fish waste enters the water. If fish or turtles start to act frantically, leave the water. I just... Look, I... look after sharks. We shouldn't be wholesale slaughtering sharks, but I think there's a, there's a happy medium with all things in life. Um, so I think maybe sometimes we could uh, have some nets... Because um, if you heard Kieran last week, Kieran Kelly last week, um, he went surfing at Manly and he said uh, he and his mate dove under a wave and his mate came up with a little wobbygong on his hand which made a bit of a mess of his hand. This is at Manly Beach. So, I mean, a wobbygong's not a white pointer and they're nice little sharks and stuff. But um, I don't know. I think about it all the time now. Maybe it's because it gets a lot of publicity. I didn't think about it when I was young and surfing. We didn't worry about it, did we? But like everything, we're worried about everything now, aren't we? It's just worry, worry, worry. Um, we're in uh, the park, Bicentennial Park. Lots of people um, to uh, talk to. Uh, we've got Pete Dennehy here. We'll just uh, sing for us in a moment. Um, and we'll talk to you, 1300 700 222. This bloke down here I want to talk to. Could you please stand up, sir? Jeff, it's Jeff, isn't it? Oh, it Jeff. is Jeff, Macca. No, I haven't, haven't had a coffee yet, so I'm not real good on my feet, probably. It's, is there a coffee there for Jeff? <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. There, there is one there, actually, Jeff. It's all good. Depends how you talk to me. If you're any good, we'll... Um, Jeff, tell me... Probably better talk to these ones, then. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, um, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Newcastle, Macca, but I've... Home is in Melbourne now. Yeah. But for the last 35 years, I've been travelling around Australia, around the world. Well, Doing? Mainly on dams, yeah. Working on dams? Mainly dams, yeah. And, of course, that's a high-demand sort of um, uh, thing, isn't it? Especially if you're overseas in, in Europe and in uh, waters, the whole thing, and in um, the uh, Sudan and all those sort of places. Yeah, I suppose you work in all those sort of places, do you? Yes, I have. It's, uh, it's a pretty special commodity, water. Mm. And um, So what's your job particularly? I work for a, a company that specialises in grand anchors or anchoring the dam walls to the bedrock. Uh-huh. Mm. And what, extending them? And um, Now it is mainly to extend them uh, because, as I said before, it's not that fashionable to, to build new dams anymore. Mm. So they, uh, they raise the walls of the existing dams to hold more water. Mm. More people need more water. There's, of course, the, the supply of water in the world is finite, of course, isn't it? It is, and and Dick. Uh, we're not making any more water, apparently. No, we're not. <laughs> and Dick is probably right. And what you said earlier about more people—that mm. that is the problem, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Well, if everybody wants water and everybody wants to live comfortably and have electricity and stuff like that, I just noticed in the paper. I haven't had a chance to get to the paper, but I usually browse through it. Said uh, a couple of hundred thousand homes in Victoria have been turned off because they've had some hot weather there, and. When you get hot weather like this everywhere, I just think I'm here in Tamworth and it's very hot and people are staying in motels or whatever, they've all got their juice and they're turning on their air conditioners. Mm. They... No, that's right. Look, the, the main thing with the dams though, that, that we do, uh, the work that we do with them, is because all these old concrete dams that were built 50, 60 years ago or whatever, they don't have any steel in them. They're not, uh, they're not reinforced. It's just mass concrete on the bedrock. So they're not pinned to the bedrock at all. Um, some years ago they decided it wasn't so much for a, a more water uh, problem, it was more to do with uh, the engineering 
the dams may not withstand an earthquake, things like that. Mm. So that's why they've gone down the path of anchoring uh, the dam walls. But now that it's been such a, uh, a good method, they've decided now we can raise the walls by whatever to hold more water. And what? It's got a fall. Yeah, exactly. What um, What are you doing here in Tamworth? Uh, Keep a dam, probably closer to Yanova, but uh, it's a project that we're in stage two, which is the anchoring stage. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be another company following us that will extend the wall or raise the wall. Is there much water in Keep it at the moment? It's about uh, half of one percent. Seriously, half of one percent. Correct. It's empty. That's a creek. Wow. There you go. So, Jeff, do you enjoy your work, travelling around? And... Uh, I must. I've been doing it for too long to, uh, to say it's been a, a bad job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you come down here to Tamworth for the music or you just turned up this morning to say g'day? We turned up this morning to say g'day. We, we bumped into here last year as well. But uh, uh, now I'm here for probably another maybe 12 months on this project. Jeff, your last name? Babbage. Um, I'll talk to these two ladies who are with you. Good luck with that, Maga. <laughs> Please thank Jeff, ladies and Jeff Babbage. Good on you, Jeff. And Jeff, um, I can I'm just about, I can introduce you now to an award loser from last night, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's Pete Denny. Good morning, Pete. Morning, Macca. How are you going? I'm good, mate. How was how were the awards last night? Oh well, the bit I saw was all right until I lost. And then I got out, got the hell out of there. No, no, it was all right. I because I we had an early start this morning, so uh, thought I'd get to bed early. And um, we, oh, but I'm used to losing. I'm very good. But I did have an accept, uh, acceptance of defeat speech. <laughs> but you know, like when they got the five finalists and one winner, well, you know, the whole night's based around a twenty percent success rate, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> and what did you wear, Pete? Because I'm always uh, the what, what I'm in at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, no, you look, like my purple suit. Well, I can't fit into that at the moment, so yeah. I've got to get home. Well, no wonder you lost if you went looking like that. I mean, you've got to, you've got to mock her up. Yes, yeah, you have. Yeah. Well, uh, what, what Jewelry, a bit of, you know, a bit of... If bling, I could lose weight like I can lose awards, Macker, it'd be good. You know? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great. Pete's from Yuck and Danda. He's, he'll entertain you this morning. It's a great pleasure to have him here, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Danner Thanks, Macker. And your bass player is... Is Aaron McLean from Beechworth. From Beechworth, all the way. And we better say g'day to all our listeners down around Yakandanda and Beechworth. All right. And so what does uh, Yakandanda mean, the uh, true Aboriginal meaning of uh, Yakandanda? I, I don't know how true this is, but I've been told it means talking on your front veranda. No, that's not no. what I've heard. No, it's two, uh, two rocks standing on top of one another at the junction of two, two creeks. creeks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Something yeah, like so, uh, that. I'll, I'll, I'll swap my description of it. Um... <laughs> Speaking of, we, we did a concert on Thursday night. Pete came and sang a song and Dick Smith turned up and I was speaking to Dick after and he said he bumped into Ted Egan in, in um, uh, where was he, in Goulburn at the, at the Paragon Cafe the other day. Uh, Ted's been a bit crook, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think he must have been heading south because I think he'd been at the Illawarra Folk Festival heading from Melbourne because I think Ted originally came from Melbourne. Yep. And uh, to, so he bumped into the old Ted. So, Ted, if you, Ted, if you're listening this morning in Neris... Good morning from myself and from the loser, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you prodigy. It didn't work out, Ted. Neris. No, no, but you're, you're a bit sort of like, I suppose, in the early days of uh, country music, the Flying Emus and uh, John Williamson were a bit sort of outside the loop, if you know what I mean. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. 
Uh, we're, actually, we're, uh, the Flying Emus were a big uh, influence yeah. on me too because Mike Karen, uh, uh, fiddle player in, uh, in Slim's band and, and the Flying Emus uh, really kick-started me playing fiddle. I, great I, band, great band. They they had some reunion shows here a few years ago and I, you sort of... It was that they were great songs, you know, mm. like um, uh, Darling yep. Street and Diamond Creek and, and all just... Um, jet, and Jen... Kane's voices just really suited to their writing. It was Simo terrific. Playing banjo and yeah. Johnny Kane, lovely band, lovely we're going band. Going to see Simo soon. We're going over to Boy Up Brook. As oh, right. The Slim Dusty, um, the Travelling Still, uh, the Travelling Country Band, and, and Simo's going to be there, so we're going to um, get him up for a few songs. A uh, lovely player. Yeah, terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Pete Dennehy. We're in Bicentennial Park this morning in, um, where are we? Tamworth. 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 Right. <laughs> New South Wales. <laughs> Pete's written a lot of songs about, as I said, like the phone song, the one about the kid who says, uh, don't know nothing, really, uh, yeah, no, yeah, can't get a word out of him, no, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah all right, yeah. Um, how did how did that one come? Is that, uh, that one, uh, a family song? No, well, that was a bit, yeah, it was based on, I started it out as me um, answering my wife when she was asking me to do something, but um, it just turned into that teenager song. Uh, I, I, and I did have a, a young bloke in mind when I wrote it, but that that was my biggest award loser, Macca. That um, that lost three golden guitars in two thousand and nine, and I had two others nominated as well. So I had five nominations that night. My whole family came along, and they thought, "Oh, he's got to win one." You know, this I'd never won one to that point, and uh, and they I was so sad to farewell them on the Sunday morning because they they just sort of they looked deflated and disappointed and. And I can't help thinking... How do you feel about that? Oh, well, I reckon Mum and Dad, at some point on the way home, the word loser would have been uh, our son and loser, maybe in the same sentence. Pete Danner, he's uh, he's over at West's uh, today. Yeah, we've got a last show today, Macca, and then back in Yakandana tonight. And and there's a special consolation for award losers tonight, isn't there? Yeah, it's a kick up the bum, I think. The kick up the bum awards. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank Pete Denny. Thanks, Macca. Good on you, mate. Thanks very much. We'll see you around. Good on you. Um, 1300-700-222, that's our number. G'day, this is Macca. Hi, Macca. It's Anne from Farmers Across Borders. Oh, g'day, Anne. How are you? Good, thank you. I just thought I'd, uh, yeah, let you know that we arrived in Cobart safe with all the trucks. Um, had a great day, night, yesterday afternoon with the guys in Cobart. And uh, all our hay runners are heading off to their prospective depots. This is the morning. fifty. This is the fifty trucks which came across from WA with uh, with the fodder on them. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and how was the trip across? Oh, hot! Oh, I want to go home to WA. It is so hot. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Um, but we had, you know, we had a lot of breakdowns with um, just yeah, you know, because it was so hot. We had. There yeah, lots of breakdowns, and but we all sat together. We had uh, a couple of yeah, they had to go to Adelaide to get parts, and but we in the end we all rode into Cobar together, so that was the main thing. Um, and yeah, they're all setting, heading out to disperse the hay today, so they're just having breakfast at the moment. Uh huh. So um, you'll uh, you've unloaded the hay. What what happened? Did you do, do the farmers and people come in? Graziers come in to get it, or they take it out? Or what's no. the story? No, the, the farmers last night were all allocated numbers and depots, um, anywhere from here up to Burke and, and around. Um, 
and so they will continue on to their prospective depots and then the, once they have gone, the farmers will come in the next couple of days and pick up their lots that they've been given. Um, oh. mm. So, uh, and you'll turn around and go home now? Yes, um, Sam and I, we all have commitments, so we're actually flying home. We're leaving the guys here. Uh, and, yeah, we're, we're hopping on a plane today from Sydney and flying home tonight. Uh-huh. But, yes, I'm sorry, I've lost, nearly lost my voice. It's <laughs> been a long, long couple of days. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've got the job done. They're here and they're about to, yeah, disperse the hay, which is great. So, yeah, well, no, well, it was so a good night. Cause, well, everyone here is going to give you a hand. It's a wonderful job you've all done, Anne. Good on you. Thank you. It uh, not only lifts the farmer's spirit, I think it lifts everyone's spirit to see that uh, Aussies help one another, especially on a day like Australia or Australia Day weekend. Yeah, it was it was great coming in, seeing guys pulled up on the side of the road with their flags and sitting on their utes and, and you know, waving at us as we went past. It, it was, yeah, it was quite emotional, really. Um, yeah, it was great to see. It was great to see. Um, yeah. All right, so I Anne. I thought I'd let you know that yeah, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you, Anne. And uh, as I said, uh, good luck. Go back home to your colder weather, eh? Cooler. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Please thank Anne. What's your name? Uh, Bram. Bram. Bram, yeah, B-R-A-M. Uh, what's your story, Bram? Oh. Stand up. Can you stand up? So people can... Because you can't get out of your chair. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I just come up We. Oh. A young fella from the Gulf come down and we brought him up. He's going to go in the King of the Rangers Rundi this year. And so we. Uh, What's the King of the Rangers for everybody else? Oh, it's a challenge. The Stockman's Challenge. Same like they have one down in Victoria, Victoria, meaning from Snowy River one. And they just got a heap of different events and work their way to the final. So you said you brought him down from the Gulf? Oh, he flew down, but yeah. <laughs> we, we decided to run a. Uh, the thing to, to uh, we worked, did have a oh, money for people to you know to, to study with something with the land, and then we changed it and we invited these fellas down so they could come down and compete and see what it's like here and go back and tell the rest of them. And it's come on board pretty good. These fellas from the Aboriginal Benefits Trust, and uh, they like the boys to come down and then you know do well and go back and tell all the young fellas up there. Bram, what do you, what's your story? What do you do? Oh, my, mainly muck around. She used to shear, now I'm sort of contract master and, and or clerk the course of the races. Whereabouts? Uh, the races, I do Musselbrook, Tamworth, Scone. And you know, you feeling anywhere, you know. <laughs> Life's good? Yeah, not too bad. She's been, you have to do early morning jobs with the stock now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Get up early. It's time to do it, isn't it? Yeah, it was too hot after lunch, like yeah. cruel, cruel the dogs. Yeah. So, and you came to Tamworth, you come down for the music, or you come down to say hello here? Or? Oh, I know, I come and have a bit of a look. Actually, we, you know, brought the boy to the rodeo last night because it's a good crowd. Yeah, it was actually real good. It was run real well last night. When you say the boy, how old is he? <laughs> I think he's twenty-five or twenty-six. If he doesn't turn up soon, I'll go and get him before you go. <laughs> All right, Bram, well, nice to talk to you, mate. Where's home for you? Um, Rundi. 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 
Please thank Bram, ladies and gentlemen. Just hold on. Go on, sir. I could say I've got one thing I know. I've uh, met Pete then any couple of times. But one thing I did, I run third to him in a whip crack contest. I think it was at Ginderbine or somewhere. See, so he won that? Pete did, yeah. So he's not a loser? No, no, he won that. Yeah. I come third and there was only three in it. <laughs> Please thank Bram. Good on you, Bram. Sitting here um, is a bloke called Raymond Raymond McLaren. Raymond McLaren. And Raymond uh, took me up into the Moonbies the other day, uh, right up the top. We were, I don't know, th- about 3,000 feet, about 1,000 metres. Is that right, Raymond? Yeah, that's about right. And, yeah, we went out to my cabin in the bush there. Mm. And, um, uh, that's uh, feeding back a little bit. Come over here, Raymond, and we'll talk over here. A um, couple of things. Raymond's... Uh, I'll try and paraphrase Raymond's life. You know, as a young bloke, he went to TAFE, learned how to uh, thread wires and make little slings and ropes and stuff like that. Um, then he travelled around Australia and realised that all the places he went to, they needed manufacturing joints and companies. They needed slings and things to lift things. So he, And that's how his, his, uh, his life's um, progressed. Uh, he's got lots of interesting stories, um, which I'll come to hopefully throughout the morning in bits and pieces. But uh, Raymond's fascinated with trees and he loves uh, bird life and fairy martins. Tell us a fairy martin story. Tell us about your love affair with the fairy martin. Yeah, well, I'll tell you about that, Ian. It's a long story, but uh, I, I, I bought the Moonby Block in 1984 and uh, we set up industry there. And uh, for 20 years, we just accepted the fact that there's millions and millions of flies. I mean, it's an old, it's an old place where they used to have the poultry and that sort of stuff. And it appeared like flies were just natural. And we had these fly traps besides every door, these plastic things, and they used to fill up with a million flies every year, and they used to smell terrible. If you start them off with a can of beer in it, you know. And uh, so but about 10 years ago... In one of my new, new buildings, uh, I noticed these little birds, and I, I quickly found out they're fairy martins. They're very much like a swallow in, in appearance, but smaller, and they've got a white rump when they fly. And they're not near as messy as swallows either. Anyway, they built all these nests. There's about 500 of them turned up. And uh, next thing, there's no flies. And, the, and for the last 10 years, we haven't seen a fly or a mosquito. It's incredible how these natural systems can actually overcome these problems. I mean... Flies are everywhere, so you know. I, 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 I would, I would think, I would like to think that anybody who builds a new shed with insulation under the, the galvanised iron, insulate 75 millimetre glass, and you'll probably get fairy martins. And you'll never see a fly again. And it particularly applies to that a type of fly that's around everywhere. If you're a horse lover, it's called, called a stable fly, and this is a real problem for horses. It's a when it bites me on the top of it's the... It's like a march fly, we used to call it. Is that right? No, it's a small, it's a small fly. It's related to the tsetse fly of Africa. It's a similar. It looks like a house fly, you, you, and you ne- you'll hardly ever see them. If they bite you on the foot, you'll never forget it because it feels like a red-hot needle strapped into your foot. But other people would have, would have experienced this fly. It's a, it's a small biting fly, but it worries the horses really badly. And in Western Australia, they've got real big problems with these things. So, you know, one of the things I'm not about to contribute to this country is... If you're putting up a steel shed, put insulation under the roof, you may attract Perry Martin and you'll never see a fly again. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? 
Raymond's. Raymond uh, has got is full of interesting stories, which will uh, uh, he'll tell you about plaiting um, and and making and weaving stuff because that's basically what you do with wires and things like that. And yet that's an that's an art that goes back thousands of years. That's what humans have done all the time, haven't they? Oh, humans have made cordage and stuff for yeah thousands and thousands of years. Don't you? We'll talk about that after the news, which is coming up. John Williamson will be here. Uh, the Moses are here now, and they'll play us up to the news with a little bit of uh, bits and pieces. Phoebe, good morning. Good morning. And Morgan, good morning. Morning, Macca. And Michael Vidal, good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, I su- you suspect you were... Michael was up for an award last night. Uh, you're another loser, like... Uh, yeah. You didn't win. What were no. you up for? Oh, with Dean Parrott, we, did. we had a track in for Bush Ballard. Bush Ballard. You're mix, mixing and, and uh, yeah, mastering yeah, and producing and co-producing with Dean. And, oh. uh, but John won it. John Williamson. W, yeah. yeah. He's coming down. We're in the park uh, this morning. And um, uh, I'd like to congratulate all the people who won gongs yesterday. Uh, I read the, the list of all the people and the Australian of the Year and um, people who won gongs all over the place. People who are doing their bit for Australia. We have a little, our own little system here in, uh, on the program, which we've run for, look, I don't know, I'll just read you through a list of uh, uh, people. Lynn Wilkinson was our first one. Um, she was from Osby. Just people who, our little, in our little circle of a couple of million listeners, um, and they're people who contribute to our program because it's really important for us to have people who, who write us letters and tell us stuff about what's going on because that's really important. It's nice to know what's going on in Australia. Um, and not just necessarily looking on Facebook or looking at me, phone. If you've just got up, you missed Pete Dennehy. It was great. And his, his uh, seminal song, how did he write that song? You actually burn more calories eating celery than you get from the celery itself. It's a great song. Anyway, so uh, Lenny Wilkinson from Ozby, Peter Olds, who's a manufacturer who makes lovely stuff, and um, Kevin Butler from Blazeaid uh, was uh, Dr Ross Wilson, who was a rural doctor, um, Padre Jim Cosgrove from the Army. He's an Army chaplain who'd worked all over the world in Afghanistan and stuff. And, and they'd ring us from, you know, from, say, Afghanistan or something like that and just inform us. It's nice to hear from ordinary people. And then Stan Mellick, who was a lovely as an author and from Queensland, uh, and he, I remember the, what he said to me. He said, uh, my, our dad used to take us out in you know, camping when we were little kids. And Stan's was in the Second World War. He was in New Guinea and... Um, He's about 95 or 6 now, and he said, uh, said to me, he said, yes, our father married us to the bush. He'd take us, which I thought was a lovely statement. He married us to the bush. Um, and then the posthumous, we gave it to Steve Jones, who was the mayor up in, uh, a mayor up in um, the Lockyer Valley. Wonderful bloke. He was talking about building that. Um, they were trying to get a cannery. I don't know how that cannery is going up there. They were trying to get a beetroot cannery, but also... Um, to can pineapple because he said if we don't have a, a pineapple cannery soon um, um, we won't have any um, uh, canned pineapple made in Australia. Now Brian and Nerida Egan from Aussie Helpers, Honey Rifler was last year. She's uh, got a little Sherwood Cliffs drug rehab which she's been working for 40 years. Rehabilitative, started with alcohol and a bit of marijuana and then cocaine which is I think Australians import more co- cocaine per head of population than I read the other day than anywhere else in the world and I think cocaine's the dearest in Australia than it is anywhere in the world so go figure so it's obviously a, a big drug problem here in Australia and around the world too but um, um, and uh, this year we've uh, 
our, uh, our extra miler, if you like, our Australian all over the year, is a bloke who's contributed to us um, for many years, for at least 20 years. He's a bit of an explorer, a modern explorer. He goes to places and then he rings us up and tells us all about him. Um, he, was in, he was in the Gregory National Park, for instance, and because uh, a big fan of Augustus Gregory, the uh, Australian explorer, the bloke who stood on uh, top of Mount Wilson out in the middle of the, the desert and, and determined that there was no such thing as an inland sea in Australia. Um, Kieran rings us from there. He climbs mountains uh, in New Zealand. Uh, he's been down the... the uh, uh, in Lake Eyre, he went down the... What's the... To, Goitus Lagoon and the Channel and he's been all over the place and he rings us and tells us all about it which informs us and tells us all about our own country which is important I think. I remember a bloke at uh, the ABC said where are you going Mac? I said we're going to Kalgoorlie. He said where's that? Um, <laughs> and I, I'm just amazed um, that people... Yeah. So someone like Kieran who travels around, Kieran Kelly and he's on the line. Good morning Kieran. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm good, and congratulate you're our Australian all over the year, which means nothing, Kieran. There's no money, there's no award. You get your name engraved on our little plaque, which was made by our uh, 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 friend at Ox Engineering, Terry Tearsdale. He made us a little, um, little. I'll show you that a little memento. But uh, Kieran, thank you for your help this year and for the last 20 years in letting Australians know about our country, where we live. Well, Ed. Uh... humbled to be included with that uh, group of people that you read out, but uh, I love I love Australia. Uh, you know, I was born here, it's my country. Uh, uh, I've travelled, been lucky enough to travel around it a lot, and uh, you've given me the chance to to share those experiences with Australians. And that's important, Kieran. I, I really think it's. Um, I remember you in in the. Uh uh, Gregory National Park, and you, you you phoned us, and it was probably about 20 years ago today, or, or similar. And you said uh, the rivers here are as clear as gin. What were what river was that, Kieran? That was the Wickham River that flows through Victoria River Downs, and it was a way that Augustus Gregory thought he may be able to get down into Central Australia and cross the Panama Desert. Of course, it wasn't to be. He ended up at uh, what is now Lake Gregory in Western Australia, but I was struck by the Wickham, how clean and untouched it was, uh, and it flows out of limestone, so it's very, very clean. And I was reminded of it, interestingly, just before Christmas, when I went down to Frenchman's Cap in Tasmania and crossed the Franklin. And of course, the Franklin uh, also is, is pretty untouched, and we are blessed, and I hope we continue to have some of these great untouched rivers, which I've talked about quite a lot on your program, and I, 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 did, I must have had this love for rivers that I didn't know about. <laughs> well, well, they're lovely, they're lovely things, aren't they? When you see a, a clean river and uh, the water flowing, there's something, I don't know, something magical about it, really. But that's what I've um, really enjoyed about your contributions, and thank you for ringing us um, that time uh, 20 years ago. I, we were in, I think we were in Port Victoria in South Australia at the time uh, when you rang us, you and were. you were up there in the in the Gregory National Park, and none of us will ever get there. You told us about all the donkeys running through your camp and, and the sorts of things that you see that we'll never see. And when you cross the Tanami, and last week you told us about uh, your, your journey with George um, out there to Mount Wilson, and uh, uh, those sort of things are highly valuable, I think, because you get more from those sort of things we learn about our country, which is important, I think. Uh, 
yes, well, uh, Australia Day makes us reflect on on who we are, uh, and I'm I'm an Australian Australian. I'm not an English Australian or an Irish Australian or a Chinese Australian. So this is all I've got. Uh, my heritage is here. My culture's here. I was born here. I'll die here. So I've spent really decades uh, explaining, I suppose, or talking about Australia, not only on your program, but I travel extensively in the United States, and I've spent over 35 years explaining Australia to Americans. And it's really interesting when you try and sum up your country to people who know nothing about it, such as Americans who don't. But uh, years ago, actually nine years ago, I was asked uh, by the, the Australia Day Committee to be the ambassador for Hay, and I had to give a speech down in Hay about what it means to be an Australian. Now, that's a tough gig because Hay in the First World War had about 650 eligible males, eligible for military service. About 641 of those signed up, so virtually every enlisted male signed up. And to go to Hay, a town that sacrificed so much, and explain to them what it meant to be an Australian was a, a great honour, but it was also extremely difficult. And I reflect on it every Australia Day because there's a fair wave of criticism comes on Australia Day from all sorts of people, directed, I guess, at people like me who are just ordinary Australians. And I reflect on what I said and the words I used down there were play it again next Saturday. That's what I, that's what I termed, came up with five or six words to explain what Australia is to me. And those words were uttered by an Australian soldier at Gallipoli after they repelled one of the Turkish counter-attacks in uh, 1915 at And I thought they sum up to me the irreverence of Australians, the can-do attitude, the, the laughter, the humour, because a German soldier or a Japanese soldier or even an English soldier wouldn't have uttered those words. They were, to me, uniquely Australian and remain so. And uh, and I think if they resonated with the people of Hay, thankfully. Kieran, uh, thank you for taking us on trips around Australia and indeed the world. Um, and uh, it's uh, uh, to a little award like this, it just uh, goes on our little um, um, plaque, your name, but you represent lots of Australians who ring here on Sunday morning and tell us their little story and informs the rest of us. Uh, Kieran Kelly, I'll come swimming with you one morning. Uh, stay clear of sharks, mate. Don't you worry too much about the shark, maker. I guarantee you, they won't hurt you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please thank Kieran Kelly. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.